Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez, the podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. Welcome to this episode of The How of Business. This is Henry Lopez. And on this episode, I'm going to share some additional thoughts on using your financial statements to help you run and grow your small business. Specifically, I'm going to dive a bit deeper into the profit and loss statement and touch on the cash flow statement. At a high level, it's about answering the question, are you making or losing money in your small business and where is all your cash? Previously on episode 397 of this podcast, I explained the essentials of the profit and loss statement. So if you feel like you need to start with the fundamentals of how to use your P&L, then you may want to go and listen to episode 397 first. On this episode, as I said, I'm going to focus on a few more advanced concepts of the P&L statement and also introduce the statement of cash flows. Your statement of cash flows or your cash flow statement, those two terms are used interchangeably, is a financial report that details how cash entered and left your business during a period of time. In other words, the cash flow statement provides you with a more detailed picture of what happened to your business's cash during an accounting period like this past month. The same basic calculations that are used for the cash flow statement can also be used to forecast how much cash you might need in a future period of time. The cash flow statement is one of the three principal financial statements along with the P&L, which is also called an income statement, and the balance sheet. These three reports, they're arguably your three most important financial statements for your small business. Now, I'll go deeper into understanding the cash flow statement on a separate episode. I'll just touch on some of the fundamentals on this episode. Of course, I will cover these topics from a small business owner's perspective. I am not a CPA or an accountant, so my tips and suggestions are based on my experience as an owner of multiple small businesses over the years. And my experience as a coach and consultant for many other small businesses. So I will focus on some high level tips and suggestions on how to use your P&L and cash flow statement to help you run and grow your business. But I encourage you that you need to consult with your accountant or CPA about your financial, your specific situation, and continue to learn more about how to interpret your financial statements so that it helps you run and grow your business. To receive more information about the How of Business, including the links to the show notes page for this episode, including a free download of a profit and loss statement overview, just visit thehowofbusiness.com. Financial statements help us measure the financial health of our business. It's one of the things that we need to measure. The P&L statement provides you with a snapshot of your financial performance in a period of time in the past, like the previous month, previous quarter, or the previous year, for example. And the cash flow statement, which I'm going to touch on, shows you where and how the cash flowed through your business in a period of time in the past as well. Let's start with some of the the fundamentals as a refresher on the P&L statement, and then I'll dive into some additional concepts. So the profit and loss statement details your business's income and expenses over a defined period of time. It's called the profit and loss statement or the P&L. Some people refer to it as an income statement or a statement of profits or a statement of operations. Call it what you want. I typically refer to it as a P&L statement, a profit and loss statement. And ideally, you are producing and reviewing your P&L statement on a monthly basis for the previous month. And it's summarizing all of the revenues and expenses for that period of time. 
Here's the simple formula to how the profit and loss statement is laid out. At the top, you have all of the revenues or sales that came into the business in that period of time. You subtract the cost of goods sold, which is all of the expenses in raw materials and direct labor that went directly into producing those sales. Then when we subtract that, that gives you your gross profit. And then we also interpret that as a percentage that we refer to as gross profit margin. Then we subtract all of our operating expenses, the overhead, the office expenses, all of those types of expenses, other labor, administrative labor, leases, insurance, all of those other expenses. And when we subtract all of that, we arrive at net operating profit. Or also we interpret it as net operating, operating margin when we express it as a percentage. So it's as simple as that. Sometimes you'll see different versions of P&Ls that might look more complicated, have more granularity, but that's essentially what a profit and loss statement is made of. So it's a measure of a period in the past that tells you how your business operated and what was the profitability of that in that period of time of your business. Now let's talk about a few more advanced concepts related to our financial statements, specifically the P&L. And most of these points relate to the fact that your P&L does not capture all of what happened to the cash in your business. And this is often a source of frustration for small business owners. It only captures the financial operating performance of the business for a specific point or a specific period of time rather in the past. And this is important because to measure the financial performance of your business, that's something you critically need to do to measure how your business model is performing and to set goals as to how you're going to grow beyond that. But you also definitely need to know how much cash you have and how much you might need in the future, particularly if you're about to invest in a piece of equipment or purchase a large amount of inventory, for example. So one of the first topics to explore further is if you have a loan, a business loan of some sort, then you must consider that only the loan interest payment, only the interest portion of that loan will appear on your P&L, but not the portion of the loan that went to reducing the loan principal. So of course, as you know, when we're making a payment on, on a mortgage or a loan, that payment includes part that will go towards our principal to pay down the principal on that note. And there's a part that's interest. So again, only the interest is reflected on the P&L, but the principal is not. But of course, the entire payment did consume cash and was taken out of your bank account, right? So this is in part because only the interest is an expense from an accounting or IRS perspective. That's why it's done that way. The paying down of the principal over time as you make these payments is reflected on your balance sheet. And the impact on your cash balance is reflected on your cash flow statement. And of course, on your bank account. So that's something to consider if you are paying a loan out of the business is that that's why there's a disconnect between what the P&L shows as far as the usage of the cash that you have to pay that loan monthly payment versus what's actually happening in your bank account. Another thing that's confusing sometimes that you might see on your P&L is either amortization or depreciation. So let's talk about those. Your, your P&L may well, you might see a line item for amortization or depreciation. And if you don't know where that number came from, then likely it's because your accountant or your bookkeeper or your CPA has added that in there to account for that component that you can recognize as, a, as an expense. 
These are accounting methods that allow you for the cost of business assets to be expensed each year over the life of that asset. The expense amounts are then used as a tax deduction, reducing the tax liability of your business. So it's a write-off. When we buy an asset like a piece of equipment that costs $5,000, for example, the IRS may not allow us to deduct that entire amount in the year that it was purchased. Instead, we have to break it out over the life of that asset. And there are special rules that apply to that that your CPA will help you with. So when you make these types of investments, be sure to consult with your CPA to determine how to best treat that investment or that expense, that capital expense, how to best treat it from a tax perspective, and so that you're complying with IRS regulations on how to handle that expense. So going back to the $5,000 expense, as an example, where I bought a piece of equipment, you will likely expense that $5,000 purchase over a number of years. And again, the number of years depends on the IRS rule that applies to that type of asset. And only that portion that can be deducted, not the entire 5,000, is what appears on the P&L, even though you spent the entire $5,000. It came out of your bank account. So that's what, whereas there is another potential disconnect and it's important to understand how that works. Amortization and depreciation are the two main methods of calculating the value of these assets. The primary difference between the two methods depends on the type of asset that's being, that has been bought and that's being expensed. Basically, at a high level, amortization is the accounting practice of spreading the cost of an intangible asset, something that's not physical, over its useful life. Intangible assets include things like goodwill, brand equity, intellectual property like trade secrets or patents or trademarks and copyrights. Can also include licensing, customer lists, and research and development expenses. So it's a much more complicated area that of course you need the guidance of your CPA. Depreciation, on the other hand, is the expensing of a fixed asset over its useful life. And these are fixed assets that are tangible objects that you acquire in your business, like a building or a piece of equipment or office furniture, vehicles, machinery, those fixed assets, those tangible assets that you buy to help you run your business or to produce the products or services that you offer in your business. And unlike intangible assets, a tangible asset might have some value when your business no longer has use for them, if you, re if you sell it when you're done with the asset. So depreciation is calculated by subtracting the asset's salvage value, what it might be worth on the market at any given point in time, or this resale value, subtracting that from its original cost. And that difference is depreciated evenly over the years of the expected life of the asset. That's a lot of complication there, so don't get too caught up on that. The key is that you, when you purchase an asset, you should consult with your CPA, ideally before the end of the year, but at worst case, it would be as they are preparing your taxes for how to properly treat that asset and either begin to amortize or depreciate that asset. And again, the the advantage is that it allows us to take that deduction over time. It allows us to take that deduction on our P&L. And so that reduces our tax liability. So unless you're an accountant, you don't want to try to calculate amortization or depreciation yourself. 
Sure, tools like QuickBooks might make it easy for you to do so, but I really encourage you to get the guidance of an accountant and a CPA or, or a CPA rather on this topic. The takeaway is understanding what this is at a high level so that when you see it on your PL, you understand what that is. And also the important point is that, as in my example of spending $5,000 on a piece of equipment, that entire $5,000 may not be reflected on your P&L depending on how that asset is going to be treated from an IRS perspective. And so it can be misleading and a disconnect between the actual uses of cash versus what is reflected on your P&L. This is Henry Lopez pausing this episode for a moment to tell you about my trusted service provider for small business accounting, KPMG Spark. KPMG Spark is a managed accounting service that provides small and mid-sized businesses with bookkeeping, accounting and tax preparation, and payroll services all online for a simple low monthly fee. Now you can make more time for things that really matter in your business and let the experts at KPMG help you with your accounting. Most of us as small business owners are not experts in bookkeeping and accounting, and the accounting software solutions seem to have been developed for accountants and tax professionals. As a result, business owners often neglect their accounting or spend endless hours trying to learn how to make it work. KPMG Spark is an online bookkeeping and accounting service that saves you time so you can focus on what's most important for your business. And with KPMG Spark, you get a dedicated point person from KPNG who's always available to help. You simply pay a low monthly fee depending on the plan you choose with no long-term commitment. And KPMG Spark currently has a special offer for the How a Business listeners. You get the regular onboarding fee waived. So visit thehowabusiness.com for more information and the link to learn more and schedule your free consultation with KPMG Spark. And remember to let them know that you heard about it on the How a Business podcast to receive this special offer. Inventory is another one that can be confusing because what shows, what's supposed to show on your PL is only the inventory that was used during a particular period of time. And that doesn't matter if it's you know food used in a restaurant or raw materials used in a manufacturing process. Only those raw materials or goods that were used as part of the sale of those products in that period of time, let's say for a month, only that portion of the inventory appears on our PNL. The balance of your inventory, the rest of it that you still have in stock, that is, even though you spent money on it, it does not get reflected on the PNL. And instead, that gets reflected as an asset on your balance sheet. So that's another example where we have a disconnect between what appears on my PNL and what I've actually spent in cash in the business to acquire all of that inventory. Next topic I want to talk about is also a confusing one. It's confusing for me, and I've been doing this for a long time, and that is the difference between cash versus accrual accounting method. So let me try to explain it at a high level. An accrual accounting, or the term accrual accounting, is a financial accounting method that allows a company to record revenue before receiving payment for the goods and services that have been sold. So you can recognize the sale even before you've received the actual monies. And expenses can be recorded as encouraged before the company has even paid for them. In other words, it's due in this month, but maybe it hasn't been paid yet. This method is much more complex. And in my opinion and experience, 
it doesn't make a lot of sense for me as I use the PL to operate and measure the performance of my company. But if you have a more sophisticated, larger business, then that's probably the way you're going to go and what your accountant or CPA is going to recommend. On the cash accounting side, which is much simpler, that's the other accounting method, it recognizes transactions only when the payment is exchanged. So when the cash either leaves or comes into your bank account, essentially. Again, I find this method much easier to manage and it provides a more accurate picture, I think, of your financial position and your cash position to an extent. But if you've earned, if you have earned revenue, for example, if you're a business that has earned revenue, but you haven't collected it yet, so you have collections, you have receivables, then you may in fact be better off going with the accrual method. You will also probably find that many CPAs recommend the accrual method. And, and I get it from an accounting perspective. It's the more pure method to go with, especially if the sophistication or size of your business dictates it. So I recommend that you discuss this with your CPA and you determine which method is best for you. You just need to understand that there is a difference between a cash and accrual accounting method and the impact that that has on what you're seeing on your profit and loss statement. And again, the key takeaway, the common denominator here in all of these things that I'm diving into is that your P&L does not necessarily reflect what has happened to your cash in the business. They are two separate things. I also wanna talk for a moment a bit more about cost of goods sold. I spoke about this in episode 397, but I wanna make sure you understand that cost of goods sold and, and recording and tracking cost of goods sold isn't just for companies that manufacture something or that have traditional cost of goods sold like raw materials or components that go into the product that you're delivering. It also comes into play for services companies that don't manufacture any tangible things because it's a great way for you to be able to track profitability at a gross margin level for individual product lines, for example. So I encourage you as you become more sophisticated in using your PL to help you manage your business that you use cost of goods sold to help you determine the profitability of your individual product or service lines. And of course, if you have a product, a physical product, then you have cost of goods sold uh, very typically and you might see that already on your PL. It, again it's all of your raw materials the cost of inventory or materials that you're using to create your products and also the direct labor that goes into making or selling that product but i want you to envision if you don't have it now that if you've got multiple product lines distinct product lines or groupings of products that you offer or service lines that you offer that the PL should begin to help you to identify and compare between those product or service lines which one ones are generating the better margins. That'll help you determine things like, do I need to visit or revisit pricing? Do I need to focus or promote one product line over the other? Do I need to explore how I improve margins? on product lines perhaps that are, not, that are not performing as well as others, or maybe I might get out of a particular product line altogether based on its poor profitability compared to the other things that I can focus on. Cost of goods sold isn't about necessarily reflecting your cash, it's more about thinking about using it to help you use the PL to better manage and measure the financial performance of your small business. Now let me share with you some thoughts about the cash flow statement. 
really this is an introduction to the cash flow statement. Understanding the concepts of the cash flow statement can be challenging if you've never used it or if you're not an accountant like I'm not. The purpose of the cash flow statement is to provide a, a detailed picture of what happened to your business's cash during a period of time. It provides a more accurate picture of your cash position, as I've explained, than your PL is going to provide you for all of the different reasons that I highlighted already. The most important measure that comes out of the cash flow statement is to be able to calculate whether you have a negative or a positive cash flow. Because of course, a prolonged negative cash flow where you are, you have more outflows of cash, you're paying for more things than you are receiving in revenues. And of course, that's going to dip into your cash reserves or your working capital. And we can't do that for very long before it leads to insolvency and the failure of the business. So simply stated, we want to make sure we don't run out of cash. Now, when we're in the startup phase of a business, ideally we have enough working capital to get us through into the point that we refer to as break even when the cash flow is naturally and understandably negative until we've generated enough revenues to start covering our expenses. But on an ongoing basis, we have ups and downs. We have cycles that we need to monitor and keep an eye on. In particular, if you have expenses that are periodically larger expenses like purchasing inventory or the example that I shared about buying a piece of equipment. You have to know what is be what has been the impact on your cash flow and you may also use the same methodology or the same basic calculations to project how much cash or the impact on your cash flow in the future. So the simplest method for calculating cash flow, which is referred to in accounting as the direct method, is this formula. You take starting cash, the cash that you have on hand, add all of the money that is collected, that was collected in that period of time, in other words, that they came into your bank account. You subtract all of the outflows, all of the cash that went out, including loan payments, inventory purchases, assets that you may want, that may have purchased, all of your cost of goods sold, all of your operating expenses, everything that went out the door. And remember again, that's not necessarily the number that's on your P&L in the way of expenses for the month because of all of those things, including, as I just mentioned, loan payments or inventory purchases, all of which is not going to be necessarily included on your P&L. So it's it's a separate calculation of what all of those outflows of cash were in your business for that period of time. And so when you subtract that, you end up with the cash position. How much cash do you have at the end? And of course, if you've got cash left over, then you had a positive cash flow. If you have a negative situation, then you had a negative cash flow. And that negative must have come out of either your working capital, ideally, or you may have had to tap into a line of credit, or maybe you've even had to put it on a personal credit card. And that happens sometimes. At this simple, basic level, this calculation that I just walked you through for the direct method of the cash flow statement, it's really no different than how you balance a bank account if you stop and think about it. But remember that your bank account may also include the cash reserves and unpaid cash. In other words, there's cash also that sits in your bank account, which you really can't touch. It's due to be paid to somebody else, whether it's the IRS or whomever it may be. So that's why that's misleading to just manage your finances by simply looking at your bank account. That's a really poor method of managing or measuring your financial performance. Instead, we want to use our P&L to measure our operational performance. And then a cash flow statement allows us a much more accurate picture of where our cash went. How did it flow in and out of the business in a period of time? So where do you start? 
Where you start is addressing what I see as the most common issue with a lot of business owners, which is that they don't have up-to-date or accurate financials. So if you've been running your business by putting the receipts in a shoebox and throwing it all at your accountant at the end of the year, that's not helping you. It's time to get that all in order, get your arms around that, get it cleaned up as big of, of a monumental task as it might be. It's critical that if you're going to grow your business, you have these financial tools available to you and that they're accurate and that you have confidence in the numbers that you're, you're seeing on your P&L and other financial statements. So if you haven't already, you want to clean things up. And if you have not already, you want to implement a financial management tool like QuickBooks or some other system, you definitely want to get help. You want to get help from a bookkeeper or an accountant or a CPA so that they at least initially can help you set this all up and validate the accuracy of your financials. But then on an ongoing basis, you want to delegate this as soon as you can afford to do so, which is usually a lot earlier than you might think it is. You want to learn the basics, certainly initially when you're first starting the business, but then outsource that as quickly as possible. Now, delegating or outsourcing doesn't mean you abdicate responsibilities for this. In other words, you should be able to answer the question about, what did your P&L look like last month? What was your profit margin? What was your gross margin? How does that compare to the same month last year? How does it compare to your goals financially for this year? So it's not that you have to be in the details of the transaction. Most small business owners don't care to, but you do need to know and use these financial statements to help you measure the progress and the performance of your small business. So you want to start once you've got it all cleaned up and you have it all in place, you want to start by reviewing your PL on a monthly basis. And you want to use your cash flow statement to monitor your cash position and the flow of cash in and out of your business. And answer that question do you have a negative or positive cash flow? And do you see any trends there that are concerning you? And of course, as always, you want to keep learning. You're listening to this episode because you're trying to continue to educate yourself as a small business owner. And in my experience, that's what it takes. I encourage you to download the free download. You'll see a link to it on the show notes page for this episode. It's a profit and loss statement overview that'll help you a bit more with learning how to read your profit and loss statement. And I mentioned previous episode 397, where I focused exclusively on your P&L statement. On my website at thehowabusiness.com, if you click on the podcast link at the menu and then go into the archives and then into financials, that's where I've grouped all of the episodes related to small business finances. So what's the one thing I want you to take away from this episode? It's about making sure that you're answering that question, at least on a monthly basis, are you making or losing money? As a small business owner, you should be focused on the bottom line, on that profit. We're in business to make a profit. Take control over your business finances by maintaining and reviewing your P&L on a monthly basis. Use a management tool, an expense management tool like QuickBooks to improve the accuracy and the timeliness of your P&L and to keep your business successful and profitable. Get the help that you need from a CPA or an accounting firm so that you're not trying to figure all this out by yourself, but you have accurate and confidence in your financials to help you navigate your business. So start by cleaning up the financials, get caught up, Use this this time now to do that. 
It can be overwhelming, but I assure you that once you make progress on getting your arms around it, you will feel so much better and you'll start to to get the support that you need from these statements to help you manage your business. And then start to learn about the cash flow statement and how that can be used to monitor the inflows and outflows of cash in your business. I wish you the best as you continue building your business. This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for joining me for this episode of The How of Business. I release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find them anywhere you listen to podcasts, including at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.